This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here with Jeremiah Stringer. And we are here today again at the beautiful Monos Coffee Crafters here in Nicholasville, Kentucky. And Jeremiah, mm-hmm. we had a conversation going in our last episode. We're just going to dive right in today. Usually yeah. we do a lot of small talk, but I want to dive right in because we left off on some good stuff. Mm-hmm. We got done talking about warm weather or cold weather clothing and yeah. keeping warm. Well, today we're going to move from clothing now over to the gear that you need to bring. Mm-hmm. To stay warm in cold weather. I'm going to start off talking about shelters. Oh, interesting. And and so what I want to talk about is uh, I want to talk about the difference between a single wall shelter and a double wall shelter Uh when you're backpacking in the wintertime and why I believe double wall is the way to go. All right. I'll tell you about my tarping experience. That sounds good. Okay, go ahead. So so this is this is my these this is kind of the way I see things. Now this is not the gospel. This is not like something you have to do because I believe this, but this is what I think. Double wall tents seem to be seem to do a better job in cold weather of keeping uh, moisture off of you because condensation in the wintertime is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Because the outer wall of your tent or your hammock, you know, your tarp, whatever, is getting is getting cold. Yeah. And the breath coming out of your body is not cold. No, and it has moisture in it. And the two of those are going to come together. And if you don't have yourself in the right kind of shelter, you're going to get rained on or slightly snowed on throughout the night. <laughs> Dude, I've woken up with uh, my tent. Like, you know, my breath makes ice above my head. Yes, and then it sprinkles down, and it wakes you up at night because you get, like you got your sleeping bag on you. You're all nice and warm, and then you just get little droplets on your face of this little snow inside your tent. You're like, "What the heck?" And then about an hour later, you get another one, yep. another one. So, so here's here's my thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Double wall is definitely the way to go because of the fact that that condensation is getting on the outer layer of your tent, uh-huh. or even in a hammock. I wear a bug net. I use a bug net in the wintertime in a hammock. I don't use a winter cover because a winter cover is just going to build up all that condensation on the inside of your hammock. And that's a lot closer to your face than a tent. And I don't want that stuff on my face. And I don't want that condensation near me. So for me, having that bug net or the inner mm -hmm. to let that condensation get out and attach itself to the outer part of your, whether it's a hammock or a tent, you know, being on the tarp or being on the outer part of your tent, to me is the wise way to do it. Yeah. Is a way to keep that off of you because, like we said, Moisture is your enemy in the wintertime. Yeah. And it, in case people don't know, like the double wall versus the single wall is almost self-explanatory. Uh, single wall, meaning like there's only one layer of the tent. Usually the the multiple layers would be like 
you have your tent set up and it's a tent body so like the top part is maybe mesh mesh or like nylon with some mesh on there or something to vent it and then on the outside you put on like some kind of hard shell like a rain cover or something like that yeah and so like your double wall tent your standard tents that you're used to where you set up the first part like jeremiah said has the frame attached to it Mm -hmm. and you put your your mesh area up that Mm -hmm. lets all the air out kind of keeps it breathable inside and all that kind of stuff then you put on the outside which is basically in essence a tarp yeah it's like a rain stretchy tarp rain flies what it's called Mm -hmm. but then you put that on the outside and i believe that being in one of those and being in a one-person shelter versus being in a two-person shelter also is wise in the wintertime because there's less room to have to heat up with your body heat dude you can i've seen videos of people where they talk about like the temperature outside versus inside the tent and they'll actually show, like, inside the tent, it's 6 degrees warmer or 12 degrees warmer right. or something like that. But you can literally feel it. Like, you don't have to have a little thermometer with you. Oh, yeah, you can feel it. You go inside the tent, and if it is, you know, well-constructed and everything's tied on it and there's not wind and stuff getting in, then it'll be substantially warmer in there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I don't know if you're really supposed to do this. Uh, but this is something that one of Jason's buddies was, was talking to me about. He takes his gas stove and turns it on for like two minutes inside his tent. And that warms up the air inside his tent. I That's said, actually not a terrible idea. I said, that is a great recipe for carbon monoxide poisoning, but it sounds really warm. Well, <laughs> here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. If you're in the right kind of tent that has areas where it can vent out. Yeah. Which you're going to want to vent out in the wintertime, too. People don't understand that. Uh, Just because you're in a tent, it's cold outside, doesn't mean you don't want the tent to still be able to vent. Yeah, especially with the condensation. Yeah, you want that to get out of the tent, if at all possible. It's not all going to. How are you supposed to vent it and get the condensation and the moisture out, but also keep the warm air trapped in there? How are you supposed to do that? I don't get it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a... It's just a question we have to figure out right now, Jeremiah. All right. Well, let's unpack We have to answer. Why don't, you, why don't you come up with the way we make this happen? Well, I think, first of all, like you, you don't want dead air in there, okay? But you also don't want, like, it so unvented or so vented that you're literally just getting wind sweeping through. So I, you have to have some kind of air movement. Yes. If you want it to be vented. Right. Right. But it's like a delicate balance. I think if if you kind of make it analogous to you want a slight, I wouldn't really say breeze, but just a little bit of airflow through there versus like, let me give you an example. So Scott, another one of Jason's buddies, we went on this Pine Mountain Scenic Trail um, around Thanksgiving time. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very windy. And one of the nights, it was also fairly cold. So not only windy, but also cold. And he had this, uh, we talked about it before. It's, it's the Z-Pax tent that has the poles. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, the, it's, the, it's basically the duo, but it has, uh, or the. It's like a free duo? Yeah, the free or, duo. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah. Okay. Well, Z-Pax, you make great stuff. But his, in his opinion, the vestibule doors were not long enough and what was happening was i don't know if it's the angle that they come off or what but it was so windy the wind would go like straight up under it and he also said they didn't overlap enough 
I guess that they didn't have the kind that's, of fitting that that's, he liked. That's that's about the only negative comment I hear about the duplex and the altiplex and all of them is that they're not made. Th- I think people misunderstand what they're made for. Uh-huh. Like they're made for for through hiking. That's what they're made for. They're uh-huh. made to be quick setup. They're not made for taking out on like extreme temperatures and things like that's not what they're necessarily yeah. made it's not for. not a four season tent no not in the least bit um and it's made so that it just weighs less and so that's why they don't have zippers and things on the doors yeah of their tents they are made to overlap that way well um and it so it's i could see where somebody would be frustrated with it in like high winds and cold and that yeah, kind of thing like the 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 mesh part that you crawl in the tent through has a zipper but the vestibule doors it's all um tension yeah it's all tension based and you're like staking it down right and it done fine in like these 30 40 mile an hour winds right but it was kind of the wind was kind of cresting up under it you don't want that to happen i'm looking i'm looking in the video and it looks like my leg is flattening out (laughs) what so i got a phone in my pocket and uh I, I, I got my AirPods. AirPod Pros over here. Part so. of the EDC. So now, now my leg doesn't look like it's got a, <laughs> like I've got a cancerous tumor on the side of it, like flopping out over here. It was like weird. I, I looked in the video. I'm like, man, what is wrong with my leg? And it was like this huge, like all this stuff. So, anyways, sorry. Keep going. Oh, no worries. Sorry for people who are listening online on the radio and they can't or on their iPods or whatever iPods iPhones. Yeah. Do people even have iPods anymore? Uh, I think they still sell them. Do they really? But I don't buy them. I don't buy one. So anyway, so you got to find that balance between gentle airflow through there, I think. And I could yeah. be totally wrong. I hammock camp most of the time, Yeah, for being honest. So, well, um, And a lot of your tents, especially like your, your, your double layer tents, they have venting areas yeah. at the top. Like the Sea to Summit tents that came out this last year, incredible tents. The Alto and the, uh, what's the one that you got? Um, it's called the Telos TR2. Yeah, the Telos the and the Alto were the two that came out. The, yep. the the Telos is the fully, the 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 fully freestanding, and the other one's the semi freestanding. The Alto is, and they both have great venting options. Yeah, it's got like a, uh, almost like a little hard suspension plastic piece. Yeah. that keeps the rain fly up so that the mesh part of your roof can be vented. Yeah, and it's not touching. And the thing about that that's great is. Cold air drops, mm-hmm. warm air lifts. And because it's at the top of the tent, that's why it doesn't bring cold air into the tent because the warm air coming out is kind of pushing out more so than the cold air is pushing in, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's it's nice the way it's set up with that vent, which helps reduce your condensation and uh, keep fresh air kind of flowing through the tent yeah. without, without freezing the thing out. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want a cold draft through there. Um so that's the tent, double wall versus single wall. Like I said, I've done the single wall before, but as you were saying, you might get a little snow in there. Yeah. Now, if you're doing hammock. Now, if you're someone who lo- who just, you want to live in a winter wonderland, uh-huh. and you love having that snow on you at night, <laughs> you maybe could. you go single wall so you can have that white Christmas kind of experience. Because, uh-huh. I mean, Christmas was just this past week. Yeah. So, I mean, you think about it. Some people, maybe that's just what they want. Well, they're, the they're time, psychotic if they do, but that's, you know, <laughs> that's what some people want. It could be something else, though. At the time, I think that I might only had one tent, and I was like, I'm getting out there, and I'm taking this tent, and that's what I got. So hey, if that's what you got, work. you make the most of it. Yeah. But if you have a choice. Yeah, if you have a choice. What we're talking about is if you have the choice. Yeah. 
And the yeah. truth is, most people don't do single ball tents. No, it's it's a very niche market, I think. It is. It is. It's mostly through hikers. Yeah. It really is. Or ultra lighters, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, most people, myself included, I mean, I don't typically, I, I have I have a couple single wall tents. But if I use a tent, I'm usually using a double wall tent. Yeah. I had, well, I sold my six minutes design. That was a single wall. I have the Telos. But like I said, I mostly hammock camp. And like wintertime, wintertime camping in the hammock, I really like it because I have a zero degree under quilt. And uh, I, don't, I don't know if you do, but do you find yourself sleeping warmer in a hammock than you do in a tent? I do. Well, I know this is something we're going to talk about, but it depends on my sleeping pad. Like, whenever, so I did a through hike of the Vermont Long Trail, and on that, there were temperatures that were below freezing yeah. on some nights. And I was using the Neo Air X Lite pad. And it has like an R value. They changed the R value system since I'd done the through hike, I think. Right. So at the time, it was like maybe like a 3.7 or something. Now maybe it's like a 4.2. Really? I don't know if they changed how they. The, the X-Therm or the X-Lite? No, it wasn't the X-Therm. It was the X-Lite. Did I say X-Therm? No, you didn't. No, just okay. the 4.2 is awful high. I didn't think the X-Lite was that high. Well, I could be totally off. So. I'm just pulling these numbers out of my pocket here. Hey, fair enough, man. My back pocket. Do what you got to do, bro. <laughs> so I don't know. Anyway, long story short, that yellow pad, the X-Lite, it, some nights I was cold. Even though I had a 15-degree sleeping bag, you know, the warmth just gets sucked up from under you. But then I got the Nemo Tensor Alpine version. Okay. And the Alpine is like their winter version. So the X-Therm, I think, is one of the the cheapest, highest R-value quality not the most comfortable, but... But definitely ultra light. Yeah. That, Less than a pound. So if you're looking at, like, budget conscious and to check all the boxes, yeah, the X-Therm with that higher R value. But I'd got... I never get cold on my Nemo Tensor. Yeah. So I think in the tent, if you have the right pad and the right sleeping gear, which we'll talk about here in just a second, I think I sleep warmer in the tent when it comes to like gear to weight ratio if that makes sense so like for example that pad weighs what a pound 20 ounces or something i I got the long wide version okay okay and then you got your sleeping bag or you could use your quilt same one that you would use in your hammock if you want okay the tent now my tent setup is lighter than my tarp and hammock and all the sleeping gear that goes with it so if I want to be warmer with less weight, my tent will be warmer with the right pad over my zero degree under quilt. Okay, keep talking. I'm, I'm going to look up some weights while you're while you're talking about. This. So I have a zero degree UGQ under quilt, and I absolutely love it. But one of the issues is it's way less compact than a rolled up sleeping pad. Always, and it weighs much more. I think it weighs like maybe two pounds, maybe two and a half or something, it's more comfortable so in the So which, which pad are you using? I'm using the Nemo Tensor Alpine. I think it's like 20 ounces maybe for the version that I got. Okay. I'm six foot three, like 220. So I always need the long wide of everything. Right. So I just think that like that pad, it's so compactable. Whenever I roll it up, it takes up like the size of a Nalgene water bottle. 
but I feel like my underquill, I always have to get this giant backpack, not giant, like we talked before about how I bought this new backpack, the 3400, the Hyperlite. Right, right. And that thing will just keep eating. But the underquilt takes up so much room. And I like the underquilt. It's more comfortable in the hammock, and it's just as warm. But I think I'm warmer in the tent in those super cold temperatures with the right pad, and it doesn't take up as much room as my backpack. Okay, I'm I'm looking at some things, and I think you might be all wrong on some of your weights. Well, I told you I'm just making these numbers up. Facts yeah. are optional on yeah. this podcast, and, and that's okay. So I'm looking at at, at UGQ quilts right uh-huh. now. Zero um, degree, zero degree, nine hundred feel. Let me let me pull it up. Um, so you said zero degree. Uh huh. The longest you can get the nine fifty fill, nine fifty fill, and whatever their wide long underquilt. Okay, so it's not two pounds. Okay, twenty eight ounces. 28 ounces. Which okay. is actually not heavy at all when it comes to a zero degree. Well, that is a cup half full perspective because that's only four ounces away from two pounds. But I, I'm, I'm curious about the Nemo sleeping pad you're talking about. The Tensor? The Nemo Tensor Alpine, right? Nemo Tensor Alpine version. The extra long, extra, extra wide. Actually, I don't even know if it comes in an extra wide. It, they might all be 25 they have a wide. inch. It's a, it's a wide, yeah. Okay. I believe it's 25 inches wide. Okay. Going over to the Moose Jaw website because it was the first one that popped up. Oh, look at that. They pay Google the most. To, yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> to be put first in the, the marketing. Okay, so there's only a four-ounce difference between the two. This is one pound, eight ounces. Uh-huh. And that is, let me make sure it's the, the, the wide... That's the long wide. So you're looking at 24 ounces versus 28 ounces, which is only four ounces, which is like a quarter of a pound. I know, but that's only one aspect of the equation. I hear that. Okay. I hear that. But I'm just saying, like, it's really that's that's a negotiable weight. Like four ounces, <laughs> four <laughs> ounces is like a is like a stove. Four ounces, that's quite a bit of chocolate. <laughs> 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 uh, fair enough, fair enough. But I, I will say, like, it, it's not as much as it sounded like we, at first. Yeah. We, we were looking at a half a pound uh-huh. versus four ounces now. Okay. Th- that, is a, that is a huge difference. Let's talk about the rest of the equation, though. Let's talk about the rest of the equation. Okay. So let's say those four ounces, and I know there's an ultra lighter right now gritting their teeth. Four ounces, this is a no-brainer on which decision you would make. Uh, this just depends on how you want to sleep, buddy. Uh-huh, that's true. They What is it, uh... Pack light, freeze at night. Isn't that what they say? Something like that. So there is that. And this is just going to be a me problem, okay? Mm-hmm. We talked about my hammock before, the Pride of Kentucky. Uh, we talked about it very recently. I uh, talked about getting a new hammock because mine is double layered. So I have a heavy hammock. Yeah, your hammock is way heavier than the average hammock. Yeah, but that's a me problem. Right. That's on me. Right. Okay. So um, if I were to switch to a different hammock, we're still talking about winter weights here. I'm carrying all the the weights of the my two puffy jackets, my heated blanket, or whatever, you know, whatever gear I'm bringing. So all this is adding up. If I were to go with the single layer hammock, and I know that you might not be a fan of the winter zip on cover instead of the bug net. Yeah, I don't like the, the condensation con- issue. Okay, yeah. but you know that they make those vented. They, I know. Yes, they do. But you're saying it's not enough vintage. But it's still right over your head. So what, you want like a quarter mesh and the rest is winter shell? Now that I wouldn't mind. Okay. Actually, I wouldn't mind that at all. Maybe we just solved another backpack. Maybe we just need to make something happen here. 
Yeah. UGQ, who, are you listening? <clears throat> I don't. Hey, Dream you, Hammock. Do they even make the zip off? I. Somebody needs to. Somebody needs to. I mean, I'm sure somebody makes this thing because it makes too much sense not to. No, there are definitely companies that do the. You can switch from the the mesh net. Well, Dream Hammock does that with the Ravens. The okay. Raven hammocks yeah. will let you do that because that's what Jason had. Yeah. Right, and yeah. you can zip it off and zip on a winner. Do you hear that sound in the background? That sounds like some delicious coffee. That's the being sound made. of coffee being ground right now. <laughs> it's a beautiful sound. It's a beautiful sound. So, but yeah, I would say I would say for me, like I, I don't want something that's a, directly above my face. Yeah. Where condensation is gonna get stuck above and just sit there. Yeah, and then and gather over and then just eventually drip off. Okay, so when you're talking weight, let's say I shed the double layered hammock. Yeah. Go with the single layer. Like, for instance, the one that Jeremy made is five and a half ounces. Right, right. But it has no net on top. Right. So not a big deal in the wintertime when it comes to bugs and snakes and stuff getting in your hammock. Mm -hmm. But you're losing a layer. And I don't know how much that layer actually matters. It depends on what your top quilt is. I'm Uh using a zero-degree top quilt. I don't really need the top 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 cover. But you also get— It might overheat me, actually. (coughs) Excuse me. Do you get condensation when it comes to um, getting on your top quilt? Okay, we're going to talk about that in a second. Okay. We'll get that in a second. Let's get through the other stuff, and we're going to come back to that, because I have a thing I do in the wintertime that is uncomfortable for a few minutes, then works itself out, and it's great the rest of the night. Okay. So let me finish up about the hammock camping yes. in the wintertime. Okay. Okay. The tarp. I like a tarp with doors, especially in the wintertime. Absolutely. Because that is going to help... Uh, cut out some of the wind getting up under there so pitch it the right way um i pitched my hammock you mentioned perpendicular earlier i pitched my hammock perpendicular to the wind so it doesn't blow in through the sides yeah that yeah that way it's not going under me like a tunnel and my my tarp just stopped the wind so and i'm gonna take that a step further Uh uh-huh i always do it so that my my foot end Uh is closest to the tarp side that the wind's blowing against Wait a second. So the reason I do that is because my head, the way I lay, is I lay left to right You do in your, my hammock. So what? if the wind's blowing in, it's hitting my feet, not my face, when the tarp gets blown in towards me. I'm not sure I'm comprehending. You lay at a diagonal in your, in your hammock, right? I lay in a diagonal, yeah, okay, in so, the pocket. So whichever side your, your feet are on uh-huh. is closer to the tarp than your head is. Your tarp isn't the same distance on each end? Well, sure it is, but you're laying you're laying diagonally in your hammock. Uh huh. So you're not laying straight in your hammock. You're laying at an angle in your hammock. Yes. So I always try to make sure wherever the wind's hitting is on the side that's closer to my feet, so oh. that if it's blowing, it's not smacking me in the head. It's touching. It's your touching feet. my feet instead. Hmm. And that has been a lifesaver on a few times for letting me sleep through wind, because when that tarp's hit me in the head, uh-huh. I'm not sleeping. If it hits me on the feet, I've got my feet. I've got booties. I've got a, a hammock over top of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh-huh. or, uh, not a hammock, a, a top quilt, all that. Yeah. My head, however, is sticking out. And it's, it's just sitting there right next to the thing. And it's just smacking up against you. Mm. I've been able to sleep through wind because of that. You ever had to get out and put a stick or something? Oh, I've had, I've had to fix my tarp multiple times. Yeah. It, there's just sometimes you can't help it, especially if it's raining and it's windy. Yeah. Because sometimes your your uh, guy lines can get loose. Because yeah, they of the slip. Yeah. Yeah. It happens in tents. It happens in hammocks. It doesn't matter what you're using. That just happens sometimes. Yeah, true that. So I guess that's about it on my my hammock situation. I don't know. Let me throw out something I do Uh that I stumbled on by accident. 
but it worked. And it's going to sound weird. And when I say it, they're going to be people hate me or not hate me, but they're just going to completely disagree. And you're allowed. It's America. And if you're listening in Europe, we're in America. So <laughs> it's allowed. You get to be a, an American right now. <laughs> yeah, by proxy. So, yes, by proxy because you're listening to us. So what I do when it's really cold uh-huh. is I get inside my hammock and let that warm up really good. Then I pull or my hammock, my, my top coat, and I pull the top coat over my head. And because it's already warm, the air's already warm in there. Uh huh. I don't get condensation on the inside of the the top quilt. But if I throw the top quilt over my head when I first start, uh-huh. because it's cold inside the top quilt, I get all kinds of condensation. But if you wait just a little bit, let it warm up with your body heat, and you put it over your head, the air's already warm in the top quilt. You don't have to worry about a ton of condensation getting on the inside of your mm. of your hammock or your uh, top quilt. Why do I keep calling a top quilt a hammock? I don't know. They work together perfectly. They, 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 they do help each other out. But I found when I do that, I don't get a ton of condensation on the inside of my sleeping bag or my top quilt. Uh-huh. And I don't need a top cover because of it. So you're saying that you always cover your head with your top quilt? When it's really cold. Okay. When it's really cold. Like, because it's a zero degree. I'm not going to cover my head like when it's 40 degrees out. Yeah, you'd be you know? burning up. But, but like when it's, say, like the, the teens or lower. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'll, I'll lay there for a while. My nose will get real cold while I'm sitting there. But then once I feel like it's nice and warm inside of there, I'll pull that thing right over my head. And I don't have to, I, I really don't worry about condensation the rest of the night. Hmm. Yeah, I usually don't even think about it. If I'm real cold, I just pull it over me. But I was talking about condensation on the outside of your top quilt. Because Jason, Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir, put some respect on his name. Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. That's right. What he does is takes like a cheap Costco, like, I mean, don't even have a temperature rating. It's just a cheapy, puffy yeah. top quilt you can throw over you. And he he throws that over the top of like his 10-degree top quilt. Yeah. and Because I get condensation. I guess it's trapped under my tarp. The more I talk about this stuff, the more I backpack, the more I realize I have no idea... <laughs> Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Used my gear. That's where pulling it over my head solves some of that problem. So because I'm not going to have condensation because I'm underneath the warm. Yeah, but the moisture's got to go somewhere. The moisture has to go somewhere, right? So I imagine what's happening is if I'm just laying there and I got my top quilt over me, but my head's not covered. Yeah. Okay, and I breathe out. What's happening is there's moisture in my breath. It's going out in the air, and then it, I don't know. I guess it's the cold is forcing it to condense into yes. water vapor, and that's settling on the top quilt. And then whenever I rub it, you know, you're rubbing all that liquid together, and it gets you wet. Yeah, I assume that's what's happening. That's probably, and I think he uses a top cover, doesn't he, in the cold weather? He uses the top cover too. Yeah, so that's the probably trapping cover, even the more. The top cover is probably why he's getting so much moisture in. But there. I get it without the top cover. You I get it on your top quilt. I get it on the outside of my top quilt, especially around my head area. Really? See, uh-huh. now, I do if I don't cover my face up. So but you, you cover your face up, where's the moisture goes? Is it I just evaporate? I, I don't know. Like, maybe it's the warmth keeps it from get, staying wet. I don't know. Because you know how, like I said earlier, you put wet socks yeah. in your sleeping bag with you at night. It's got to evaporate, it, right? It dries, but the inside of your sleeping bag's not soaked. Yeah. So... I, I I don't know what to say. I just don't. I know it, it works. That's all I know. Well, as long as it works, I guess the physics. I mean, we've already talked about the witchcraft that's involved in, <laughs> in backpacking to begin with. So backpacking voodoo. It's back, this is backpacking voodoo. But no, I, in all seriousness, like if you sleep with wet stuff in your 
hammock or your tent with you, uh-huh. and it's inside your sleeping bag or your quilt, it dries out, but you don't have a soaking wet quilt from that. I know, but I can only Your legs assume, aren't... You, you ha- something has to happen. Well, your body heat, obviously, is warming the, the fluid, and it's got to be evaporating. But So I'm wondering if it's the same thing with when I'm doing that with my... Because the first time I did that with my top quilt, I just put it over my head right away. Uh-huh. Well, it hadn't warmed up yet. So the moment I did it, it was this cold top quilt. Yeah. This warm breath it immediately got soaked. Like, it just got wet, and it was gross. And uh, I never did it again. Then one day, I just it was too cold. I was laying there trying to stay warm. It was just too cold. Yeah. So I pulled it up over. The next day, it wasn't wet. And so I just started <laughs> letting it warm up first and then pulling it over. I never had a problem. So, now granted, I am not someone who winter backpacks, you know, 20 times a year or something. Yeah, but it's not like we're Suge, Emery. Yeah, or, or Miyagi or any of those guys from Minnesota. Yeah. You know, we just, when I do go out, that's what I do, and it seems to work. Yeah. So that's all I can give you. That's all I got on that. Um, so I mentioned on the, uh, the tent, like using my pad. Can we talk about pads for a second? Dude, we can talk about pads for more than a second. (laughs) We got like at least five minutes. (laughs) Okay. So I started out with a non-insulated pad whatsoever. All right. Mm -hmm. My my first backpacking trip, I started with no pad. Oh. And what I started with was, I don't remember if I told you this. A hope and a dream. (laughs) That's that's what you started with. Yeah. (laughs) If, If you've heard this before, I'm sorry. John, I probably told you before, but you probably forgotten. It's okay, Yosemite Sam. Tell me your story. <laughs> so my first backpacking trip, we were going to the Smokies, and I'd never been backpacking before. I, I mean, I just watched some YouTube videos and right. stuff to get some preliminaries on gear to borrow from people. Right. And so I borrowed a hammock in Eno from one of my buddies that I knew. That's Eagle Nest Outdoors for people who are curious. I didn't know that. I'm Eagle pretty Nest sure. I think, it's, I think it's Eagle Nest Outdoors. Well... They know they're fine if you're like in college and you want to throw it up yeah. between two trees and read a book or whatever. But I was going to the Smokies, and even in like, even in, we were going in May or June, I believe. Even in those months, I mean, still at night, it got in the 50s, I think. So I didn't have an underquilt. I, I bought a yoga mat. Eagle Nest Outfitters. Eagle Nest Outfitters. Thank you. There you go. I bought a yoga mat as my pad to insulate me in the hammock. So it was heavy, and it was worthless. Well, we got a hotel, and um, one of the people of our party was staying at the hotel while all the guys went on this backpacking trip, and then she was supposed to pick us up. It was the wife of one of the people. Yeah. And she was going to shop and do some touristy stuff. And um, so I was able to kind of pick and choose what I wanted to leave at the hotel. Yeah. And so the night before, I looked at the guidelines, and it was like, oh, you're not supposed to hammock camp in the smoke because you have to sleep in the shelters. Like, you're literally reserving spots inside the shelters in the Smokies. Depending on where you are. Yeah, depending on where you are. It's usually along the Appalachian Trail. Oh, well, along the Appalachian Trail. That's exactly where I was. Yeah. So you had to stay at the designated, like we had mapped out our miles Unless they fill up. Unless they fill up, then you can sleep somewhere else. And if you're smart... You just sit around and wait for it to fill up because uh-huh. it's going to. Or you stealth camp. And then you just camp near it because once it's filled up, you can't sleep there. Yeah. So you're not supposed to sleep outside the whatever. It was my first <laughs> trip, and I had no idea what I was doing. Right, right, right. My backpack right, right. weighed 60 pounds. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to carry this yoga mat 
if I'm not going to stay in the hammock because I figured out that you're not supposed to camp, hammock camp. So I left the hammock at the hotel. I left the yoga mat at the hotel. I brought a sleeping bag. And I don't really know what I was thinking, honestly, because I had to sleep somewhere. And I knew I had to sleep in the shelters, but I didn't have any insulation below me. So in your mind, were you thinking maybe the shelters had like like mattresses or something in them or something soft to sleep on? Know. or I don't know what I was thinking. I was probably just young and dumb and not thinking at all. Well, you so, were in your early 20s. Yeah, this is like, what, four or five years ago? <laughs> yeah, you're like 24, <laughs> I mean, 25 years old. Yeah. Yeah, maybe I was 23, 24, 25. Brain still wasn't fully developed. No offense to uh, <laughs> no, no offense to all the 25-year-old guys Brain wasn't there. fully developed. I yeah, like that. It's just now getting to the point where it's fully developed. That's I'm still funny, an dude. idiot, though. So anyway, my point is, is that I didn't have a sleeping pad. So quickly after that trip, after sleeping on the wood slats of the shelters for Which multiple probably nights. probably wonderfully comfortable. Off, I, my father-in-law used his boot. As his pillow. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think I wadded up a t-shirt. I put on every layer I had. I was cold. Well, I had yeah. A, I you had, had no a, insulation. Well, I did have a sleeping bag, but I didn't have anything below me. Yeah. And it was cold. And uh, point is, is that the first thing I bought when I got home was a sleeping pad. But I went on Amazon, and I was like, I'm, I don't have a bunch of money to spend on this. And I bought an uninsulated pad that was like 50 bucks, And it was like a knockoff X-Lite. And then I went on a trip to Cumberland Falls State Park. And uh, we slept in 40, 45 degree uninsulated Uninsulated pad. Uninsulated pad. Yep. On one of those sand beaches along the river. You froze. Uh, Yeah, it was cold. Yeah. You got the moisture coming off the river. (laughs) You got no insulation underneath you. It was cold. Oh, man. So, long story short, uh, on the pads, I used that one until like the temperature started getting in the 40s, and then I figured out it's cold. So you need to get a warmer pad. Then I had to buy a warmer pad. So what so you end up getting? I got a uh, an X Light, a Neo Air X Light. Okay. I, word on the street was at the time this was the best, the brightest. This is the best value. All the through hikers are using it. Blah blah blah. And then and this is what 2018. Yeah, this is before COVID. Yeah, okay. definitely. So I used that, and I used it on my through hike of the long trail. And I got the wide version, but I didn't like, and I still don't love, I have it, I still don't love the fact that it tapers at the bottom because right. your feet can fall off. Right. And then I was like, well, I need to get me a rectangular pad. And the Nemo Tensor comes calling. The Nemo Tensor came calling. I think uh, Dan Becker... He maybe had done a video about it or something. And I was like, I'm going to try this out. I- Can I say something interesting? Yeah, sure. I wanted to get a new Air X Lite because that's what everybody talked about. That was uh-huh. the one everybody did. I went to J&H Outfitters, which is here in Lexington. Uh-huh. And I walked in and asked if they had those. And they said, no, we don't sell those here because nobody would buy them. And I looked at it and I was like, Wait, but I thought that was the most popular one. He goes, no, no, I want you to check out this one. And he showed me the Nemo Tensor. But it was before they did our value. Uh. So it was it was rated to 20 degrees. Uh-huh. So it, was, it had a temperature rating, which I don't know why we do our value and we don't do temperature rating. That would make a whole lot more sense yeah. if they had a way of doing an actual temperature rating that was consistent. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. I'm not going to worry about it. But um, I was using the Nemo Tensor about a year before everybody else started using it. And I remember, like, it, I think Dan put it in one of his videos. I was like, I did that before Dan. 
<laughs> check mark that one off that, the that, list. That one's all mine. That one's all mine. The R, but that, that's a fantastic sleeping pad, by the way. Yeah, it's a good pad. It's comfortable. And a little pro tip, let a little air out. Don't don't air it up. You can air it up all the way, and then whenever you lay on it. But that doesn't give you any of the comfort of having a mattress because it's so yeah. firm. You might as well have slept on the ground. Well, usually what I do is I air it up all the way as maximum as I can. Right. And then whenever I'm ready to lay down and go to sleep, it's gotten cold. The ground has gotten colder, so I have to air it up a little more. Um, and then I'll get on it, and it's rock solid hard. Yeah. And I want it to be kind of cushiony. So you can lay on it and kind of hit the button and adjust it to whatever your liking is. Absolutely. On your uh, your softness yep. level. But don't make it too soft because then whenever you roll over, your hip will touch the ground. Now, I am rolling with a brand new pad this year. What's your pad? I got the Big Agnes Repeat SL. Oh, nice. It's about the same weight, maybe a little bit less than the Nemo. Uh-huh. But it has a 4.2 rating. Now, do you know what that how that R value works? I mean, I know that you know the higher the R value, the warmer yeah. it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. The higher the R value, the warmer yeah. the, the pad's going to be. I would also say that it's... Um, it, <laughs> I'm trying to think of this way to put this. It's more fluid than it needs to be. Because you've got companies out there like um, Climate and others that uh -huh. are using R value, but it isn't necessarily always equal to the R value of the same the same R value as another pad. Sea to Summit has the big black Alpine version of their pad. Uh -huh. And Dan did a video on that and said it was one of the most cold pads he'd ever slept on. Had cold and it I mean it it gets down about the size of a large sleeping bag. That's how big this thing is. Why was it and cold? it's heavy, but Dan couldn't get couldn't stay warm with the pad. Uh, and so might. like you just it's it's like we were saying, we, we've talked about uh, the sleeping pad value or sleeping bag values and, and uh, your, your quilt values. How, like, they'll say it's a 30-degree quilt, uh -huh. but the comfort rating is like 45. Yeah. Or in a sleeping bag, it's a, it's a zero-degree sleeping bag, but really the comfort rating is 20. Right. You know, there's some fluidity to this stuff. Even though they say the, the R value is this, they can tell you all they want that there's a standard. Mm-hmm. But you can't really trust that. Yeah, I don't know how we like. Whenever you get insulation sprayed into your attic, yeah, and they would tell you the R value, and you know you can look and see how many inches thick that foam has to be or whatever, right? The roll insulation that we have consistency there, and it's the same. It sh should be standard, and you have people that literally like come in and. Um, Check it, make sure it's up to code, et cetera, yeah, yeah. in the housing market. Right. But in backpacking, it seems like it's kind of like, um, you know, if you ride a motorcycle, they have different ratings. Yeah. And, you know, it might be snail approved or it might only be DOT approved. And, like, with DOT testing, you work with the Department of Transportation. They give you these standards, and then you self-test it. Yeah, and then you're like, well, it meets the standards, and then you pay the Department of Transportation however much it costs to yeah. have the sticker to be able to put on well, there. And there's a tip here with this: if you're testing out sleeping pads, sleeping bags, quilts, things like that, mm -hmm. and you don't know for sure that those ratings are what they should be, buy from a place like REI where you have a year, yeah, to use it, and you can take it back and get your money back. Yeah, 
and and you can test out different pads and find out which one really is what you need. Mm-hmm. Like, don't listen to Yahoo's like us for everything. Yeah. Like, we can only tell you our experience with stuff. Yeah. But you, I sleep warm, so for me, I don't need a, a six R of an R value of six to sleep warm in cold weather because I sleep warm. Whereas Jeremiah, he gets cold when it's like fifty degrees out. Yeah. And so, like, he may need a pad that's like a six, where I would only need a four. And, yeah. and so you kind of need to the, – the big thing is don't trust anybody. I know it sounds terrible to say, yeah. but you can't trust any of the ratings. Like, you need to really go out and try them first. Mm-hmm. Um, you can watch YouTube reviews from guys like us and others, but the truth is we can only tell you what works for us. Mm-hmm. And when we test something, we're not testing it over, like, 50 other people. We're testing it over – Jeremiah's testing for his channel for what his experience is. I'm testing for mine. When we talk on this podcast, it's our personal experiences. When yeah. we have guests on, it's their personal experiences. You got to try stuff out and, well, and do it do it in a place where you can return it. Yeah, with I totally no penalty. Agree. With no penalty. Let me tell you about my experience with the tarp, the winter tarp camping. Do that. So, me and um, Hunter Strip, Hunter, which we've had on here in the past me and him went uh and done a little section of the shell toey and i tried to go the lightest base weight i possibly could well i remember this and i think that everything totaled out like under 17 pounds with multiple days of food two liters of water my sleep backpack everything added together fuel all of it was 17 pounds so that wasn't my base weight that was like my overall let's start hiking that's awesome that's really good. That is unheard of for me. Yeah. So the second or third night or however long it was, we had to camp at Holly Bay um, Campground. Yep. But it's wintertime. And in Kentucky, all the campgrounds and stuff close at like October the, October the 31st maybe or I don't know. It's feel like it's very, very early in the season. Some yeah. of them it's like October the 1st. Yeah. So, you know, that's like peak foliage. I wish they weren't closing so early, but the campground was closed, and we just camped there. You know, the gates were locked and everything, but we come in on foot. Yeah. So we camped there, and I set up my tarp between, like, two poles that are used for, like, a, a lantern. Yeah. And, um, or maybe a tree and something. But I set up on a, a gravel tent, tent pad, pad, yeah, and I put down, like, a piece of polycrow, and that was my winter shelter. And I got to tell you, hunters, what I did was just use my tarp that I hammock camp with. Right. Which is not actually like a tarp setup. You, you can do it. Yeah. But his, he had like a full-on um, like mesh inner that he set up that you crawl in, and he had a tarp that went over it. it was well, he totally, had a bivy. Yeah, he had a bivy that he put a tarp over, right? I, I don't know. But his tarp camping was much more elaborate than mine. I guarantee yeah. he stayed warmer, but I felt like I was so exposed. But I know that goat, he does his tarp camping. He'll mm-hmm. take a he'll take a tarp. Of course, he's a little bit wild. He done like the you can only use technology. What was it from like eighteen hundreds and before? Yeah, where he lived like that for a while. Yeah, so he probably knows his way around the tarp setups right. and all that. But that is another alternative that you can use in the wintertime. You're going to be a little bit more exposed, or at least I was, yeah. with the tarp camping. But what you could do is bring your winter gear and your shelter system is a tarp, and then you shed the extra weight that you're not having to use. Right. But I felt like I was a little bit more exposed. 
Yeah. But you can bring a heavier, you can bring a bigger sleeping bag, like a heavier sleeping bag that's warmer. You could bring a higher rated R value pad yep. and do it that way. Well, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to end with this. Okay. Uh, I want to end with this statement. Winter camping is all about what you can tolerate. That's true. That's really what it is. Like winter camping is all about what you can tolerate. If you can tolerate not sleeping real warm and you're mm-hmm. fine, go do it. Don't worry about all this crap we've been talking about. Do your own thing. You know, take a lower rated R value pad, uh, sleep under a tarp instead of using insulation. Do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. But if you're somebody like Jeremiah who hates the cold mm-hmm. and does not stay warm in the cold, you can't do that because you can't tolerate as much. So it's all about what you can tolerate. And really, I mean, that's what backpacking is in general. Yeah. How much suck can you tolerate mm-hmm. on a trip? So that's our advice for today. And uh, <laughs> that's what we're going to tell you. Basically, we told you nothing. Um, no, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Get used to it. <laughs> Hopefully this was helpful, though, that, that we maybe gave you some ideas that you can use if you want to go out and do some winter backpacking. Um, make sure you let your friends know about the Backpacking Podcast. And while you're at it, we never say this. Why don't you give us a really nice rating on Apple Podcasts? and on Spotify, so that when people look up the podcast, they think, I want to listen to those two morons talk about stuff they have no clue about. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's fun, so, man. So with that said, for myself and Jeremiah, we'll catch you on the next one. Adios, folks.